0: This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 87 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Dogs, the Pony Express, and Riding the USA. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings a whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And The Barn Works for all of your equine marketing needs at thebarnworks.com.
2: Bringing the news through hell high hot water While using their tails as their own fly swatters so sit on down and laugh till your are poop Cause
3: it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable
2: Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop,
0: Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek
1: and this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network.
0: Well you are an unusually good voice today for some reason.
1: That's that's good. Yeah, I, that's a good I thing, think. yeah. Sounding yeah.
0: all all deep and sultry today.
1: <laughs> Trust me, I don't look deep and sultry. <laughs> I think I might even be in my pajamas still. Uh-huh. See, that's the really advantage
0: tell. of us recording at home, you know? We get to we get to do that when we want to.
1: Well, you know, my days lately have been so all out that by the time I hit the bed, I don't even know if I've changed out of my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of fall over and wake up the next morning. There you go. I'm sure your
0: husband appreciates that. Yeah, yeah. gosh. <laughs> Well, we have a busy show today. You know, I was taking a look, and we both were taking a look around the internet the last couple of weeks. And you know, Facebook helps this. I think uh, you can, you find more cool stuff now because of all the way Facebook works. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're following other people and you're friends with other people, and you see what's posting on their side, so- and it's just cool the way it works. And we found these three people today. I think all all from uh, either Facebook or a referral from from listeners. And we would love to hear from you if you have an idea for a show or a guest you think that would be fun on the show. You know, if you've been listening to the show, you know what kind of guests we like. So get, get a hold of us. Send us an email. and we, We'll get them on. We'll try and, and do what we can to get them on the show. And that's the case with one of the guests today. So we, we have a variety show for you today. All things, again, that we stumbled across over the past couple of weeks.
1: That's true. Our first guest runs a business called The Pooch Paddock that we found fun and extremely useful. And I'm super excited about this, so expect me to be a doofus while we're talking to <laughs> the woman who owns The Pooch Paddock. I just get so excited and about really... that's different in what way? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Our second guest is the president of the National Pony Express Association. Um, yes, there is one, and it's very cool. And he's here to speak to us about the 150th anniversary re-ride that they're doing Uh, Which runs along the Pony Express Trail through eight states, and that happens this June. And our final guest today is one very brave woman who will be setting out on horseback to ride across the country. Yes, our country, the United States. And we can't wait to hear all about her adventure.
0: Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. We have some cool people I think we're going to chat with, like we do every week. Every week, it's something completely different, and as, as our listeners that have listened for a long time know, we like the unusual and the sort of different, you know? We do cover mainstream topics uh, in the horse world, but we also like the unique stuff.
1: <laughs> different, is that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> sort, of like, described as different. sort of like
0: saying when you're out on a date that, you know, she had personality. <laughs> I think that's sort of, sort of like that. But it is different. It's fun. You know, it's the stuff that nobody ever hears about unless we tell them.
1: Oh, I know. I know. I know. I, I like to bring all these new and, and exciting things to to the Stable Scoop listeners.
0: And we love adventure. See, that's the other thing. Both of us kind of like adventures.
1: Well, so. that's what riding is all about. I mean, that's what horsemanship is all about. It's, it's one adventure after another every day. It's a new adventure. And we're bringing you these virtual adventures. Well,
0: and we're, we're going to start with. A few words about the Spring Collections over at Equestrian Collections, and then we're going to get Allison, I hope we say her name right, Kratish? We'll like ask that. her. We'll ask her. We're going to get Allison on, who is the canine entertainment officer of the Pooch Paddock, right after these words from Equestrian Collections. It is all about color this spring at Equestrian Collections. That's right, fun colors are all the trend in the spring equestrian apparel lines, with pinks, blues, and teals leading the way. Lots of colors and coordinates with leading manufacturers like Iridian, Carrots, Ariat, and Equine Couture to just name a few. You can find thousands of options for your spring riding wardrobe or casual wardrobe at equestriancollections.com. And don't forget to use the coupon code HORSE radio. That's HORSE radio, all one word, in the coupon code section when you check out and you'll get $10 off your next order of $120 or more at equestriancollections.com.
1: Okay, and now we have on Allison Kratish, and she's going to correct me if I'm wrong when she comes on. Uh, the CEO, canine entertainment officer of the Pooch Paddock. So, welcome, Allison. Okay, so Allison, I'm very excited to have you on because I just think that the Pooch Paddock is the most wonderful idea since sliced bread. And oh, thank you. I know a lot of people out there, um, once they find out about you and find out about your business, are going to feel the same way. But can you tell us a little bit about how you got started and why?
4: Um, I got started, um, I, I ride myself, and was living in New York City, traveling back and forth to a vacation home in Florida where my horse, my horse lived in Florida at the time. And I have two dogs of my own. One of which travels very nicely to the horse shows and whenever I ride, I just throw them in the stall or before I had the pooch paddock, I would just throw them in the stall and go about my business and um, was in the process of getting to a horse show in Atlanta and didn't have anywhere to put my second dog. And someone suggested to me, you know, doggy daycare, Atlanta is a big city. Surely you can just go from the hotel in the morning and drop her off at the doggy daycare facility locally and then go to the horse show. And it just got my wheels turning as I sat around the horse show that weekend looking at all the loose dogs. And I figured, you know, probably I'm not the only amateur rider who has this dilemma. The professionals are mostly accustomed to just, you know, keeping their dogs in an X pen near their setups or tying them to the tack trunks in the barn areas. But there must be other riders with this dilemma. And I passed the idea around to a couple of my friends who ride and some strangers at the horse show and everyone had the same reaction that it would be a really great idea so I went back to New York City and sat down with a piece of paper and a pen and drew out you know several different iterations of what the configuration of the, the enclosures would look like and um you know, different logistical options for how it would get from point A to point B to point C to point D throughout a, you know, a series of horse shows across the country and figured out the costs of it and put it together. And how long have you been doing it? We started in January of 2009. So a little more than a year now. And do you have help or is it, you said we, it's not just Um, you and your two dogs, is it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, me and my two dogs. And when, when I'm at a horse show or when I'm traveling, it does require a second person. I always like to have two people on the grounds at all times in case there is, you know, if there's a first aid emergency or, um, you know, just to even get a break for a second to go to the restroom. You can't leave the dogs unattended. So there are always, there are always two people. So,
0: so, Allison, tell us exactly what happens when you're at the horse show.
4: Um, I get there and set up the day before the horse show starts or two days before the horse show starts under a large tent. I have a 30 by 40 frame tent with sides all the way around. And then I set up um, different sized enclosures underneath the tent. We call them paddocks, keeping with the horse theme. Um, I have larger paddocks that are for play groups, and smaller paddocks that are for private uh, use. If you have a dog that's a little less social or an older dog that maybe just doesn't want to be bothered with um, the play, the playing in the play group. So we have space set aside for those dogs to be in a private area, and everything opens up onto a center aisleway. And then there's a gate to enter the center aisleway. So nothing, you know, if, if you open up one of the other paddocks, there isn't a, an opportunity for a dog to escape outside of my tent because that that front gate is always closed. They have shavings in the paddocks to keep them comfortable so that they're not on wet grass if it rains. Um, furniture, fresh water. Um, If the playgroups are, you know, if everything is copacetic within a playgroup, we introduce toys. They really have a good time. It's almost like um, working in a a child daycare facility. You you see the dogs form their little clicks with each other. Um,
0: And people pay you by the day is that how it works yeah
4: we do a half day rate and we do a full day rate so there's really four different rate plans one half day a half day for the playgroup or a half day for the private and then a full day for the playgroup or a full day for the private and um the, the cutoff for half day full day is four hours
0: well, Helena, what a great idea. I mean, you're, you bring your dog, you, as you said, you tie them to the trailer, you throw them in the trailer or whatever. They have no,
4: mm-hmm.
0: they, they really, they're not having any fun in there. And this way they can go goof around with other dogs, which is rather what, what they'd be doing yep. and getting good attention and having fun too.
4: Yeah. And I think the best part is if you have a dog that is high energy and that dog is cooped up either in the stall or in the trailer or tied somewhere all day, you're doing your horse show business. So you're busy all day running around doing what you do at horse shows at the end of your work, your day then you have to deal with a dog that has all this pent-up energy, and, and you almost feel obligated to take the dog out and play with it, and it, it, which extends your day. But if the dog is doing its thing all day playing and, and is tired out, then everybody's happy at the end of the day. That's
1: a good point. I, I hadn't even thought of that one. And I'm sure there, there are more good points. If As we continue to talk, we'll discover these little treasures. I think, too, if I'm focused on um, – or I'm a warrior. So if I'm worried about uh, – competing. Underst- I mean, <laughs> I shut up. Quinn. <laughs> I'm worried about competing. Um, there, you know, it's like you need all your focus on what you're doing. Uh, there would be a part of me that would be worried about my dog. And yep. come on. I mean, we know horse people bring their dogs with them everywhere because they're a part of us. They're a part of our family. Sure. You can't not worry about them. It's right. just like your kids. You, you, there's a little small part of you that says, gee, I hope, you know, fluffy's okay. And, um, yep. the peace of mind, I think that it brings to a dog owner is, just
4: Absolutely. I mean, there's nine. all kinds of safety concerns in and around a horse show for a dog. It's shocking to me how many loose dogs there are at the horse shows I service. Um, and For me, I mean, I, I just, I couldn't have any peace of mind during my day to know that my dog was maybe back at the aisle waiting for me.
0: Okay, <laughs> or awesome. maybe he have, was
4: wandering off. <laughs> I have the
0: ultimate question. How no. many barking jack russells have you had at one time in the tent
4: <laughs> um we do get a lot of jack russells yeah, a lot of corgis um we see a fair amount of aussies which you know all three of those dogs are fairly common to the hunter jumper circuit i'm not sure it has sure, to other get circuits. loud in there it does get loud i won't lie um that is part of the reason why i keep the sides of the tent all the way around um is to sort of mute out the uh, As much of the barking as we can. The other reason for that is. Did they put you on the far back back of the horse
0: show grounds? (laughs) Way behind the (laughs) door pile and all (laughs) the way back there?
4: This is part of the problem, Glenn. Um, (laughs) At times they do. I've had many horses that have put me in really good spots that are near where the other vendors are, but maybe not necessarily close to the rings. You probably wouldn't want to put me right next to a ring. To so
0: the dressage ring, especially. Right, probably right. Yeah, no, yeah. you
4: wouldn't want to do that. But um, I don't think it's completely necessary unless the space requirements or the space restraints prevent me from being anywhere close. But, I, you know, I, I don't like being at the back of the bus. <laughs> it's, it's a convenience business. Basically, you know, I need to be in a visible area where until everyone in the horse world knows that it exists It's better for me, of course, and really for the customers to be, you know, in a convenient location. People can just zip in with their car, their golf cart, drop the dog off and go where they need to go.
1: Well, that's another question is if you, there, there are horse shows all over the country and you can only be in so many places yes. at one time, how do you decide where to go? And I mean, I'm I'm seeing franchise in your future. So am I.
4: <laughs> so am I. That is really the ultimate goal here is to be able to be in multiple locations at once um, via a franchise opportunity. And I have had many inquiries from people who might be interested in buying in, should I decide to franchise this going forward? Um, the key now is just what you said, finding where it works and where it doesn't work. Now there are certain horse shows where it, it hasn't done well, um, either because of, of the location on the grounds that, you know, wasn't, perhaps wasn't a a very visible spot for me. So people who didn't know ahead of time that I was going to be there would never see me because I was in a spot where they wouldn't normally go at the horse show. That's a problem. Um, and it's a very new idea. I mean, unless people come from a major metropolitan area, the idea of doggy daycare is, is foreign to some people still. Right. Um, you know, you have a fair amount of people that say, you know, why would I do that? I could just tie my dog up. Well, there, there are safety issues involved. Your dog could, I mean, I hear, I hear countless stories from people, um, about dogs that basically got clotheslined with, with a loose horse that ran by or loose dogs that spooked the horse and, and somebody's gotten hurt, either the dog or the horse or a person, you know? So my primary concern here is safety. Right. For the dogs and for the horses and for the exhibitors. So, um, you know, if it can catch on with the horse show management companies as it relates to the, the safety of their customers, um, I think it catches on everywhere and then franchising becomes a possibility.
0: So, what is there? Uh, you've done all different kinds of horse shows?
4: So far, only hunter-jumper, but I'm um, oh, looking so into the possibility and... of doing some eventing stuff fall. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: you need to go out to the eventers who have to yeah. get out and cross-country and, you know, that kind of thing.
4: Yep, yeah, I've, I've spoken um, with somebody at the USEA about possibly doing some stuff this fall with them.
0: Good. Well, mm-hmm. we, where, where can people find out your schedule and more about you?
4: Um, our website, www.poochpaddock.com. Also, our Facebook page, our Facebook fan page, has about 1,470 members now, and hopefully that number will go up so people can look at our um, schedule and information there.
0: Okay, great.
4: Or we post well, pictures and video and all kinds of things on there. It's a fun site. Well, thank where you, are you so much for... Before a, I
1: let you go, yeah. where are you... Um, what's your sort of travel range at, right now?
4: Um, I've gone as far north as Vermont. Um, so far, uh, the furthest west I went was uh, Gulfport, Mississippi, last winter circuit. Okay, and um, you're based where in Virginia? I'm based in Florida. In Florida, okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh,
1: Central okay. So, you, so that that covers most of the East Coast, and yeah, great. All right, well, yep.
0: good luck, Allison.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Well, that was fun. I would leave my dog with
1: her. Uh, I yes, I can't wait to see her at shows. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and, and say hey and point everybody to the pooch paddock. If I had a dog, we well, don't have a
0: dog right now. Oh, you have I a know. dog. You have a great big
1: one. I do. Yes, she I have. She would charge a...
0: you double for that dog.
1: No, you know what Bella is so easy. She's she's a six year old Saint Bernard who's. Who More, only weighs three hundred
0: and fifty pounds?
1: But you, but you know what Saint Bernards are just interested in, in doing their job, and that job is just being around people. Yeah,
0: sort of chilling out. out. Yeah, you know they don't
1: they they're not Jack Russell Terriers. No, that's for sure. I'm sorry, I'm totally going to get flamed. I mean, go ahead, but I am not a terrier fan.
0: <laughs> I, I'm I've not been a fan honestly, of barky dogs. So. I,
1: it's I have been, you know, when I worked in small animal medicine as a tech, I was attacked more times by dogs that were less than 40 pounds than um, I once had to pull a chicken bone out of a Rottweiler's throat. Okay. And uh, he let me stick his hand down his throat, pull this thing out. But, you know, have a little terrier come in and I would run screaming (laughs) for the back (laughs) door. (laughs) (laughs) so anyway but so i'm not a big fan of jack russell's however i think that all dogs deserve a good comfortable fun place to hang out while their owners are doing their thing i just think this is such a great i think the horse world is ready over ready for the pooch paddock
0: well and i hope she can make it work we wish her the best of luck well next we have talk about adventure you and i are both bit of adventurers. well you know that my wife and i are (laughs) we've had a few in our lives um (laughs) Just a few. An understatement there. But we have a lady on who was referred by one of our listeners. I think she's out of Portland, Oregon. And her name is Kathleen Dodd. And we're going to get her on the phone here. And she is planning a cross-country trip, apparently starting May 17th, uh, to go cross-country on her horse and end in West Virginia at some point down the road. Uh, So let's get her on and find out about her adventure and see what she's up to. Because isn't this something that, you know, every horse person goes, wouldn't that be cool and would never do it? Yeah. And she's doing it. So let's find out about it. Okay. Well, hi, Kathleen, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show here on the Horse Radio Network. We really appreciate you being on with us.
2: Hey, no problem. Happy to be here.
0: Well, you know, we we heard a little bit of a story from a listener who wrote to us and said that you're planning this wild, crazy trip across the United States on horseback, and I had to find out more about that. First of all, tell us a little bit about yourself, just a brief reader's digest about yourself and what you do. You're in Oregon, right?
2: Yes, I'm in Oregon. I'm just outside of Portland, and I'm basically a horse trainer. who I've been training horses professionally for about 20 years.
0: And what kind of horse? What, what, uh, what discipline?
2: I train jumpers.
0: Okay. And you teach lessons? Because I know I talked to you when you were teaching one, I think, yesterday.
2: Yes, you did. Yeah, Yeah, I train and I teach.
0: And you have your own farm?
2: No, actually, I don't. I train out of a a private facility here in the country.
0: Okay. And then you decided that that wasn't exciting enough.
2: (laughs) Well, yes and no. I mean, I've actually been had this crazy dream for the last 15 years or so, ever since I got the horse that I have. It would be really cool to see if I could ride all the way across the country.
1: So your horse inspired you.
2: Yeah, actually she did. Let's
1: hear she's about that because that's cool.
2: Yeah, you know, she's this crazy little white Arab and she was nothing I ever wanted in a horse.
1: <laughs> she ended up the perfect horse for me.
0: We've had a and lot she... of horse women say that about husbands.
1: But... <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> yeah. So, well, where, where did you get her, and, and at what point did you say, hey, let's go, I want to do this with you? Is that a Jack Russell? Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's a, that's a blue heeler who just would absolutely be nuts for some reason. Okay,
0: we were just <laughs> talking about Jack
2: radio. Russell. <laughs> I know, he does it at the most inopportune times. <laughs> um, actually, she was my sister's horse. And a personality-wise, did not get along at all. So she asked me one day if I would work with her, because she was trying to sell her. And um, the little mare and I went around and around and around, because she kept trying to buck me off and run away with me. And I just kept riding her on. It's like, well, you want to buck, keep bucking. You want to run, keep running. And I wore her out. <laughs> and the next day to go get on her, she was perfect. Okay. <laughs> she didn't do anything bad. Until so my sister said, well, she seems to like you. Do you want her? <laughs> and gave her to me.
0: And how long ago thought, oh, was that? Oh, just,
2: that was um, 14 years ago.
0: So how old is this mare?
2: Uh, the mare is 19.
0: Oh, and we're going to take the 19-year-old mare as the one you're going cross-country on?
2: Oh, you bet. She is fitter than the 8-year-old and 9-year-old horses in the barn.
0: Yeah. Wow, cool. So yeah. what? What? what's the plan? Tell us what the plan is.
2: Well... There's two versions of the plan. There's a plan that I tell the people that are, like, wigged out about this, which is, (laughs) well, I'm just going to saddle my horse up, and I'm going to ride that way. And I kind of point east. (laughs) And then they all get panicked and look terrified. And then the actual (laughs) I'm going to
0: go down the Oregon Trail. Oh, how cool is that?
2: Yeah. So I'll start around Oregon City, which is where the trail starts. And then I'm going to head down the Oregon Trail east. And um I have a sister who lives about 180 miles down the trail, and I'll stop at her house for a day or two after the first week to, like, recover and take six or seven showers and then continue on <laughs> through the rest of the trail. And then when I get to the central part of the, the country where the trail ends, ends in Missouri, I will simply just head towards the coast, and I'll end up either at Connecticut or New Jersey.
0: Oh, is that right? Okay, I thought West Virginia, but... uh so it's Connecticut or New Jersey. And, and so from the middle of the country where the trail ends on, is it on roads? Is, it, is that what you had planned?
2: Well, no. What I want to do is I want to stay, you know, as rural as I possibly can because, you know, I don't want to be around a lot of cars with the horses because I'm taking a pack horse also. And so I'll just stay on the rural areas as much as possible right through so the countryside. It'll have to be probably on um, country rural road, you know, country roads, but right. they're not as busy And I'll get as much permission as I can to cross people's land, if it's possible. But it'll be interesting, and I'll really get to see the country and meet the people, which is really big for me.
0: Are you doing this by yourself?
2: Yeah, actually I am, for the most part. I had a couple parents who just asked me, when they found that I was taking a pack horse, if their children could come and ride with me for a week or two during the summer.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. So I'll be
2: having a couple kids come visit me for a week or two.
0: And are you going? Is there a follow vehicle, or are you just going to be oh, camping and doing your own thing? Or no,
2: well, I'm camping the entire way. I'm taking a, a tent and a sleeping bag. And
0: boy, this is getting more adventurous by the minute.
1: No kidding. Have you ever done any kind of um, you know excursion? Doesn't have to be horse rated like this. Have you ever roughed it like this before?
2: Actually, yeah. Um, I would think a lot of this comes from when I was a kid. Our dad, my dad was really into the crazy adventure vacations where we would go canoeing down the Willamette and camp out, and we'd go sailing, and we'd just go hiking out in the middle of nowhere and camp out. I mean, he would take us hiking up Mount Hood when I was little.
1: (laughs) So this is no, you're no stranger to these kinds of adventures.
2: No, but it's been a long time, and I'm nowhere near the shape I was in.
3: (laughs) You (laughs) will be!
2: be. Oh, That's what my friends are all saying. They're like, well, he'll be in fantastic shape when you get back, and I'm thinking... Yeah, but those first couple of weeks are going to be horrible. Well, actually,
1: how are you going to get back?
2: Um, I will probably ship my horse back. It okay. depends on how long it takes. Because there's this little tiny voice in the back of my head that's laughing that says, well, you ride the first part, you know, to, to do the trip and be very, you know, inspired by the environment you're in and the people that you meet. And then when you get back, you race all the way back. <laughs> 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 the country See how fast I can do it. But we'll see.
0: <laughs> so now, are do you have? Are you going to make plans about where you're going to stay and farms you want to you want to see, or is this just a uh, you're going to do it freewheeling or free no, this riding? Is
2: freewheeling. <laughs> this <laughs> is freewheeling. Yeah, this is. Um, I'll go as far as I can go. I mean, the first couple of weeks, while myself, my horse, and my dog get in shape, we're going to be not going very long distances during the day. I mean, it depends on the terrain. It could be anywhere from ten miles to twenty-five to thirty miles. I mean. It just depends on the train we're crossing and the fitness level of the three of us. Well, four, cause the fork is a pack
0: horse, too. Are you going to be um, blogging or something? I, well, you won't be able to, will you? you
1: get a blog. She's riding across the know, country. You are such gotta, a geek. Is,
0: I know, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's like something that uh, I think everybody would be you know, interested in sharing along the way.
1: Uh, well, actually, I
2: am, am going to start a blog. I'm going to start a blog before I go, and then I plan on taking a camera with me and being internal the entire time.
0: Okay. You can blog and, from your you know, phone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I get reception. So every time I get good reception, I'm going to enter a blog. Or if I get into a town, I can borrow somebody's computer and their Internet. I'm sure they'll let me. People are pretty fine
0: about stuff like that.
2: But, yeah, I want to keep a blog going because all my friends are, like, worried about how I'm going to be.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, would you mind, I know we chatted a little bit about this yesterday, I don't know if you gave it any thought, but uh, would you mind if we followed your progress and maybe tried to uh, get a hold of you for a couple of minutes each week while you're on the journey to to share with the listeners here all over the world how you're making out and and what, what kind of fun things you've encountered that past week?
2: Oh, sure. I'll be happy to. I mean, I'll tell you every time I get chased by a bear, if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, you
0: know, I just think you're going to encounter some really cool people and some fun things. And, uh, Helena, don't you think our listeners would love to hear about this? Uh, I do. Yeah, I I do, do too, and follow her her progress. Because, as I said, this is something that everybody thinks would be really cool to do, but nobody ever does it.
2: (laughs) Well, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be difficult because, you know, as a horse trainer, everybody knows in this country with the economy of it. We're all a little low, and so I'm kind of doing this on a shoestring budget, so it's kind of why I want to meet all the people,
0: so do you know, someone I, know that, I need a lot of people. You know, somebody very, uh, very prominent in the horse world has done this uh, mm-hmm. when he was a kid, and that's, uh, that's David O'Connor. Right. David I remember o- that. I remember yeah, that. David O'Connor and the family, his mother drugged the two kids and said, we're riding across the country, and <laughs> they did. They rode across the country, and it was mom and two kids, and he was like 10 or 12 or something at the time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you're you're going to f- you'll be you'll be a very prominent person in the horse world after you're done.
2: <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> about that, <laughs> but it'll be fun, and I'll be a lot sooner so I can get back into the show ring again, which is my
0: thing. Uh, you know, I think you're going to be you're yeah. going to meet all these cool people along the way, who are going to want to feed you all the time.
2: How yeah, well, no, no. speaking <laughs> of which, how are you going
0: to feed your horse and 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 your dog? Well,
2: actually, that's that's the the dog. He'll pack his own food.
0: Oh, um, I'm arranged them for arrange range every
2: the trip so that I stop into towns every few days. Okay. And then um, we'll, we'll, we'll just you know resupply, but the horses they'll get staked out every night, and I'll stop during the middle of the day and let them graze for an hour. There's lots of forage on the northern pass of the, of the Oregon Trail.
0: Hmm. Oh, this is so cool. And then
2: if yeah, if they get a little thin, a, a friends of mine will drop in hay. You know, they'll they'll arrange shipments of hay, which oddly enough you can send by Federal Express.
1: Well, you know, what we could do is if we know where you are, you know, we can put a call out to uh, to anybody in the area.
0: Oh, that yeah. would be cool.
1: She's Did, riding through, people. Get ready.
0: Is there anything that our listeners, any help that you need to, to do this trip, or are you pretty much going to not need any help?
2: Well, no, actually, I could use all the help I could get. That's one of the reasons why I was going to start the blog now is I'm going to put a link with an Amazon.com wish list on it. For all the supplies that I'm gonna be purchasing for the trip here the next few weeks. And anybody who wants to help is more than welcome to you know purchase any of those and have them shipped to me. I would appreciate it. All yeah. right, well and we'll
0: definitely you let maybe. us know and we'll link to that and we'll mention it next week's show as well. So oh, that
2: would be wonderful.
0: As soon as you get that up you let us know. Well this is gonna be fun to follow you along the path uh when we can get a hold of you and we'll just make sure that we do that once a week. We try and get you on the phone at some point. And, and we'll follow your progress, and, and as you have needs along the way, maybe we can help uh, fill those needs, too, with all of our listeners in all the states.
2: Okay, well, I'll make sure I ask for that massage, you know, every chance I get.
0: <laughs> you're going to need it. You and your horse, too. Oh, yeah. Well, what's your horse's name?
2: Uh, my horse's name is Strip, and the, the mare that I'm taking is a tack horse. His name is Mystic.
0: So it's Strip, S-T-R-I-P? Uh-huh. Oh, wow.
2: Her actual show name was Anytime, Anywhere, and Mystic <laughs> shows him the name of Lilac Avenger. And they both actually are championship jumper horses. Wow. So they're very good competition horses.
0: Well, I don't know about you, Helena, but I'm just looking forward to following her on her on her journey here.
1: <laughs> I, I'm really excited for her. I, I, I'm i most interested to see what, what you learn about human nature, <laughs> because... Yeah. Um, it sounds like you know your mare really well, it, but the, the adventure is probably going to teach you something about yourself and life in general. That And, the people. and, and people. And people. Yeah. So I'm really excited for some positive outcomes. <laughs> so try to have all I the positive outcomes you can, okay? <laughs> I hope so. You know, hey, look, I outdistanced distance that cougar. Woo, go be <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait, are you afraid? Do you have any fears? You know, in all honesty,
2: I have never been that kind of person.
0: Good. I mean,
2: I, I, you know, what
1: happens, what happens. I'm good with it. Good I'm thing you won't get much sleep
0: on this trip. <laughs> well, I expect to get a lot
1: of sleep on this
0: trip. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. You probably sleep better than you have in a long time. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, we, uh, we, we will look forward to seeing your blog, and we'll try and see what we can do to help you out and follow you along the way. And 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 just get the word out. It's Kathleen and Strip. I that we were going to have to be careful how we say that actually. Um, (laughs) This this offers a lot of uh, domain names that you could come up with for this. Uh, What's a dog's name?
2: (laughs) The dog's name
0: is Solo. Solo. Oh, geez. Oh. there's lots of combinations here, Helena. That.
1: (laughs) Oh my god! If you weren't the host, put a plug in it.
0: <laughs> well, Kathleen. Well, we'll <laughs> good luck. All right. Oh, thank
2: you.
1: And I'll talk to you guys later. All right.
0: Well, Helena, that, do, you ready to join her? Um, be yeah. No I could
1: join her. I couldn't do it by myself, but I could do it with somebody else who was. I didn't
0: know about the by myself thing. I don't know if I'd do it by myself. That's a long way to go by yourself.
1: She's got big bells. <laughs>
0: <laughs> her horse's name's Stripper. No strip, strip, Strip. not strip. Oh Oh, my god! Oh
1: my god!
0: (laughs) You are just and you know the music she was thinking of. I could probably find it and play it quick.
1: No, (laughs) no, you need to just stop.
0: But this is going to be fun to follow her on her on her trails, and I think our listeners will look forward to that every week to to hear where she is and what what kind of cougars and lions and bears she's met up with.
1: I know. I love the fact that she's not a worrier because like just go. But you know, she this isn't the first time she's like she said she's done. Uh, big adventures man this is a big one
0: <laughs> yeah it's a long one too she didn't she has no idea i think how long it'll take her um, she's sort of letting that out in the open and, and you know more power to her to be in a position in her life where she can do something like this
1: you know what i think people need to do things like this i i don't think somebody just wakes up one day and says oh gee wouldn't it be nice to do this huge momentous thing I'm, m- huge thing but i think i don't know i'm a believer in fate so I sometimes think that things, I don't know, I'm going to get all stupid and gushy, but she probably needs this in, at this point in her life.
0: Yeah. Well, good luck.
1: <laughs> we'll yeah. be in
0: touch with her and we will keep you informed. We'll try and put uh, a section up on our website devoted to her and following her progress. I want to get
1: some pictures of her
0: mare. I know. She is going to send us some pictures, she said. So. I mean,
1: that was, that's her inspiration. So how cool is that?
0: Hopefully she'll get them out to us and get that blog up, too. Yeah. Well, Maybe gonna, we can help her. Well, you know, and, and uh, I said that we'd be talking to her, so, and she does need some help, as she said, so she's going to put a wish list online. We'll make sure we get the word out about that, and maybe we can, you know, help her uh, get some of the supplies she's going to need for this, for this adventure. Hmm. Well, we're going to take a break. Speaking of adventures, uh, we, you have an adventure in marketing every time you open a business, and horse businesses should look to the barn works. So we're going to take a break for the barn works, and we'll be right back. Speaking of adventures... There were true adventurers 150 years ago, and the guys who rode the Pony Express across the country, well, they're doing that again in a reenactment coming up, and we're going to have the president of the American Pony, or uh, how is it, what is this, the uh, National Pony Express Association. you
1: get got strippers on your mind.
0: <laughs> who knew about, did you know about the National Pony Express
1: Association? Um, no. There's
0: a lot of associations out there that we don't know about, but we're going to get the president of that association on and we're going to talk about this fun ride that they have coming up, speaking of riding across the country. So we'll be right back. Are you a small farm owner? Do you train horses or teach lessons? If so, how do you track new business? One great way to market your small business is with a print advertisement in your regional equestrian publication. Whether it's the omnibus, stable directory, a magazine or newspaper, a tasteful and creatively designed print advertisement can really go a long way in establishing credibility for you and your business. And we all know how important credibility is in the horse world. In fact, it's crucial. One very simple way to get that credibility is with a really nice print advertisement. The Barn Works, a unique marketing company which caters to e-cline businesses, can help you get the word out about your business with a tasteful, creative, and affordable print ad. Visit their website at thebarnworks.com to view some samples of print advertisements that their clients have found to be very successful. If you're looking for a new website, they'll do that for you as well. That's at thebarnworks.com. Well, we're back to speak with Al... Well, I we wanted to say first, Helena, that we were referred to this guest by somebody that's just extraordinary in my mind. Speaking of adventurers, his name is Alan Ryder, and he actually tweeted me about this ride coming up, and he said, you guys have to cover this. And he's the publisher of X... Xtraord. It's X-T-R-O-R-D And if you go there now, Helena... He builds it as the world's first guide to truly extraordinary experiences. Hmm. This guy is a modern-day adventurer. He goes out and does all of these truly extraordinary things, and then he writes about it. He, he's he's raced in the desert. He's he. It's just all he's you know done done all these things that we in life think that, you know, would be fun to do, but never do, again, right. as I said, right. he's out doing them, and he had a near-death experience that caused him to want to do this, and actually, he's not, I don't even know if he's a horse person, to be honest with you, but I found him truly fascinating, I loved reading all his blog, uh, blog postings, and I'm actually trying to get a hold of him to see if we can have him on the show, it's not really horse-related, but he's, I mean, if you take a look at his website, he's extraordinary, and, you know, you and I love speaking to extraordinary people, so... I'm going to try and get him on the show to speak a little bit about the adventures and what, what, what caused him to do all, all of what he's doing. So kudos out to you, Alan, and thank you very much for, for the referral to the Pony Express ride that's coming up. And We're going to get Les Benning, Bennington on. He is the president of the National Pony Express Association to tell us all about it. Well welcome, Les to the stable scoop radio show it's fun to have you on. Who knew that there was a national pony express association we, we We didn't so we're it's kind of fun to learn about it but let's go back in time. Tell us a little bit about the Pony Express, what it was everybody's heard of it, and I think I thought it went on for years and years and years
3: yeah that's probably one of the the uh, big surprises to many people. It was such a short period of time uh, ran. Right at nineteen months, uh, the telegraph was what stopped the idea of the Pony Express as far as its need and it was the telegraph was completed october twenty fourth of eighteen sixty one but there were ponies in route, and they made a few other runs up till about November twentieth so when you consider nineteen months out of American history, especially the Western history, it was an extremely short period of time but Uh, Caught the imagination of uh, basically everybody that's ever heard of it,
0: and And probably one of the
3: unique. Go ahead.
0: And they delivered the mail. Were they part of the post office at that time?
3: Uh, No, they they uh, carried U.S. mail and it was stamped by the post office. So I guess in that regard they were, but they never got the much-needed contract. They were hoping to get like a million-dollar contract, and uh, that was really why they started the endeavor and uh, the other amazing thing they decided in early January of 1860 to put the Pony Express uh, into existence and they had it operational by April the 3rd well that was roughly 3 months when there was no telephones no regular mail communication and uh, certainly no email so that in itself was a tremendous feat that they accomplished just by getting it started in 3 months
0: where did it go and from course, and to?
3: It left uh, St. Joe, Missouri, because that was the, at that time, that was where the telegraph ended from the east, and it went to uh, Old Sacramento, which is east of, I mean, west of uh, the current Sacramento capital and downtown Sacramento.
0: In California. Area.
3: Right, and then it went uh, on by steamship, generally, the mail. Was carried then from Sacramento by steamship down to San Francisco. A few times the horses missed the uh, boat, so to speak, and they actually carried over land, but that didn't happen very often. But uh, on our re rides, uh, we carry it from uh, Old Sacramento to St. Joe, and then every year we rotate direction So uh, this year for the 150th ride, we're leaving. Uh, Actually, we'll be living from San Francisco, carry it by horseback six to eight blocks, and then we'll put it on a, a boat and carry it upriver to Old Sacramento. But the only other time we did that was back in 1983, and uh, usually it's just horseback from Old Sacramento to St. Joe or from St. Joe to Old Sacramento.
0: And how how long a ride is that? Uh, well, first of all, let's let's go to the National Pony Express Association. Has, how long has that been in existence?
3: Okay, it was, uh, incorporated in 1978, and they did some rides in California and Nevada in 78, and then expanded into, uh, Utah, part of Wyoming, but it was actually 1980 when they first, uh, made the complete trip, uh, either across or into the, <coughs> excuse me, the eight states that the Pony Express National Historic Trail is, uh, part of, and, uh, then so two thousand and nine last year marked our thirtieth anniversary uh, as a nonprofit organization all volunteer that we've carried the mail uh, into or across those eight states that are part of the national historic pony express trail and uh, it was designated as another national trail within the western u s in nineteen ninety
0: two so it's so this this national ride historic. you do is once a year and it's coming up in June right. Correct, yes. And you ride, so what happens during the ride? Tell us about the ride itself.
3: Okay, we uh, pre-sale letters that people can send to themselves or friends or loved ones. uh, And those are $5 just like they were in 1860. And uh, we have to have those packed into the mochila. And mochila is just a uh, Spanish word for saddle blanket or saddle cover. And then on the four corners of the mochila are what we call cantinas, and those are the uh, boxes or containers where the actual letters set. So we get those um, letters that are pre-purchased, and we will pack those in the mochila. Then the mochila is uh, put horseback, uh, like if it was last year we left St. Joe. we put the mochila on the horse, and... Uh, They'll have some type of a short ceremony when the horse leaves and ten days later we were in old Sacramento and once we leave it goes day and night. Uh and we have to make that distance horseback because uh, it's just a, like I said, you just don't stop anywhere very long.
0: And how how long a ride is it? How many miles? Nineteen
3: hundred and sixty six roughly, so we say, you know, just under two thousand.
0: In ten days, Helena. Wow.
1: <laughs> well it's it's, yeah, it's you Go know, that, that's um, we've got uh, Kathleen who's going to be on the Oregon Trail, yeah. So, that's what
3: Glenn said, yeah,
1: that's um, that's that's a long way. So,
0: how many so do, yeah. now you're switching out horses and all that stuff, like they did, right? Or, yeah, and we don't call it a reenactment, uh, that's
3: really a, would be a misnomer for what we do. It's called a re ride, because to be a reenactment, we would exchange horses at wherever the relay or swing stations were. And those were generally 10 to 12, 15 miles apart. And then one rider would ride through four or five or six of those swing stations. So one rider would cover 75, 80 miles, maybe more
0: in a day. yeah,
3: Yeah. Well, just in there, each rider had two home stations, one on the East end of the run and one on the West end. And, uh, their job was to ride between home stations, switch horses at the relay stations, and they'd probably have four to five relay stations in between their home stations. Then, when they got to their home station on the other end, they'd wait there for the mail coming back, and then they'd repeat the ride in the opposite direction. And that's why we don't really call it reenactment because we're not doing that. We'll today we'll change horses probably every uh, two miles to five miles generally. And it's really up to the state president and their ride captains to determine how they want to set the ride up. Some rides, if we're trying to make up time, might push the horses a little faster and only ride a mile, mile and a half. But
0: And how, how many riders uh, will be involved in this whole process? Normally we'll
3: have uh, 550, maybe 600. We'll oh, have a few more wow. this year just because there's more interest in it. But, uh, you know, a lot of our members have ridden for... Uh, 10, 15, 20, 30 years.
0: So. Now, that's not 500 people going the whole distance. They're coming on and off and...
3: Correct. They'll yeah. cover their section. Each state is broken. We have eight states, and therefore we have eight state divisions. And the state president is responsible for their section of the trail. And, of course, Missouri, um, St. Joe's right on the Missouri River, so they only have about a mile and a half of trail. They'll leave the PD House... Uh, where there's an existing museum, and then they'll ride across the Missouri River Bridge, and then the Kansas Division will pick it up from them on the Kansas side, and they'll ride uh, under 200 miles, roughly, give it to the Nebraska group, The Nebraska is responsible for getting it to the, Colorado takes it up for a few miles, uh, and then uh, goes back up into the panhandle of Nebraska, then all the way across Wyoming, and uh, across Utah and across Nevada and then into California.
0: And you said so, these letters, are they then sent back to the original person?
3: Yeah, well, it's just you can purchase one, like if you wanted to buy one for a child or a grandchild. Or, um,
0: That's a good idea, military, Helena. Yeah. Military <laughs> yeah.
3: overseas, you can do that, and it'll have purchaser's name on it, and then you just put the name and address of where you want it sent.
0: And it'll be one of the ones that was carried on the on, the, on the re-ride. yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's why we have to have it bef- the information and stuff beforehand because those letters are all packed in the mochila and then they'll make the whole trip.
0: Well, how, how where can people do that?
3: Uh, you can contact state presidents, uh, or you can look at xphomesteadation dot com and the letter blanks are on there. This year uh, there will be three types of commemorative uh, deals that you can buy letters. The regular rewrite letters five dollars and uh, if you want to do a personal letter, and that's one where you would write a message to uh, someone, and then you have to send whatever you wrote back to our association so we can get it packed in the mochila. Those are $10, and then there's a special commemorative uh, letter that will be, it's in a business-size envelope that we're going to carry a second mochila this year, and it'll have Lincoln's inaugural address from President Lincoln in 1861. Wow, so that's really diffused.
0: cool. It's if, very if cool. If you look
3: at all of them, you know there's the commemorative letter's five dollars, and like I said, the other two are ten dollars.
0: I got to do this. What a great gift idea! I know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty you unique. You could give and, one of those to Gracie. What a great gift idea!
1: Oh, she'll just eat this up. She's a huge history buff. She loves yeah. to hear how things where they started and and. uh What purpose they had.
0: I noticed one of the stats of the riders back then was that they had a maximum weight of 125 pounds. I assume that was for the horse's benefit.
3: Yeah, because they were going, you know, such great distances. Uh, The lighter, because they tried to keep the Mochila weight down and the saddle weight plus the rider to around 150 pounds, which I'm sure they didn't do that all the time. But the Mochilas this year, or I shouldn't say this year, in the past... When they're fully loaded with letters, uh, I've weighed a few of them, and they'll weigh 30 to 35 pounds just the mochila itself with okay. all the letters in it. So the horses today are going to carry, you know, that weight plus the saddle weight plus the rider. So,
0: and they they carry two pistols too. Yeah, one
3: one or two. Uh, they were issued rifles initially, but they found out that way it was way too cumbersome and. A lot of them went to just one pistol with a spare cylinder and it was the eighteen fifty one Navy Arms Colt thirty six caliber normally is what
0: they carry. And I just and, have one other question here. Do you do, do they ride in costume now? Do they wear the outfits of the day or
3: uh we wear uh our re ride uniform is a red western shirt, uh, a brown vest with a oval back patch that has National Pony Express Association on it. Around the outside, and then the horse and riders on the inside, and uh, yellow scarf or gold scarf, and uh, western hat and western boots, and blue jeans. So we have a that would be our re ride uniform, per se.
1: That's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> uh, see just... red
3: shirts. See red shirts along the trail. It might be our group. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, it it moves pretty fast normally. This year's we're going to be on a 20-day schedule, but normally we're always 10 days, so it's running day and night. And that's why it's hard to have celebrations in communities because if we go through a community at two or three in the morning, you're not going to have very many people out there. So.
0: Yeah, and, and you're going fast. Yep. Well, this has been Nighttime, fun. We'll, we'll I'll
3: slow ta- we'll up. So.
0: Well, we'll put uh, we'll put links to all of the, uh, your website and everything on our on our show yeah. notes at uh, stablescoop.com. It's episode number 87 for all the links from today. Thank you so much, okay. Les, for being on. We really appreciate it, and it's been fun to learn about the Pony Express.
3: Well, appreciate uh, you all inquiring about it, and uh, hopefully people get on there. And Like I said, feel free to contact either myself or any of the state presidents. We're all listed on the website. And we will do what we can for them.
0: Sounds great. Well, thank you very much, all Les. Take good care. Thank you, Glenn, Alina. Well, that's fun. I didn't know anything about the Pony Express, to be honest with you. I thought they went on for like 100 years, and <laughs> you you always hear about them, and you just assume they've been around forever, you know? I, and that's
1: a big ride. That, I didn't, too, you know, when I heard about the re-ride, I thought, oh, what are they going to do? Maybe 50 miles. But right.
0: Oh, my goodness,
1: <laughs> that's a real re-ride.
0: That's right. Uh,
1: it's All cool, right. too, to know that they have, um, it's not just one little small organization. They, they, what is it, one, how many, eight states?
0: eight states and and 500 600 riders so it, yeah. it's a big deal yeah. well and you know I, I apparently ham operators help out they actually do communication for them along the way so that's kind of neat too well if you want to get your letter in on and carried on the pony on the uh on the pony express re-ride here in june you can do so we'll put the links up on our website at stablescoop.com and the show, all the show notes for all the links, we have a lot of links from today, can be found on StableScoop.com. Episode number 87.
1: <laughs> you almost didn't know what episode I had to look.
0: <laughs> all right. Uh, you can give us feedback. We'd love to hear show ideas from you. So write to us. Uh, go to our website and hit the contact link at the top of the page. Write to us and tell us what you want to hear about or if you know of an interesting story or an interesting horse person or an interesting horse. Let us know, and we'll get it on the show. We really appreciate all the help we get. Two of the people from today were from listeners, so we appreciate that. And we'd also like to thank our sponsors. We have The Barn Works and Equestrian Collections. Thank you to both of them for the continued support of the Stable Scoop radio show. And you can visit all the other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And now we come to the time of day that Helena truly loves.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't know that I love it, but, you know, it happens. It's life. So, so we, we have, go. do we know what we're doing next week? No. Okay. We, we never haven't. know what we're and doing next week. It's the mystery show. It's the Stable Scoop mystery show. That's correct oh wait didn't we say that last week it yeah, was the mystery did. scoop we
0: did because it's always a mystery but
1: we're <laughs> yeah that was kind of doofy <laughs> that's uh, us I'm really know. trying
0: to put a show together uh, with the mini horse association to talk about minis uh, but we couldn't coordinate the guests for this week so we're going to try, keep trying to get them all together to talk about minis because I just think minis are so
1: cute they are cute I so, know super cute
0: so we'll just get the mini people on here soon but until next week Helena we will be back
1: with the scoop,
0: I guess that's it. Yeah, might as well end it. There's been enough adventure for one day.
1: I know, I know. Honestly, <laughs> I to, to be honest with you, I, I um, I was just lulled in such into such a state of relaxation from our last guest. <laughs> he has, he's got a nice soothing Western radio he, uh, voice. He
0: has that Western radio voice. That's correct. Yeah. Well, I guess we ought to go now. Okay. Okay. Recording. Hi, Brian. This is episode eighty-seven of—is it? 87? Yeah, eighty-seven of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Helena promises not to thump on her microphone the whole show. <laughs> no thumping. And, and uh, we promised to put the ads in someplace. So,
1: <laughs> you think <we'd laughs> we? promised to be professional been this doing week.
0: Doing this for a year and a half.
1: And our final guest today is.
0: All right, cut there because you're banging on the thing again.
1: No, I did not bang. I swear to God. I swear to you, did not bang. Yeah.
0: So we, we have a variety show for you today. All things, again, that we stumbled across over the past couple of weeks. This is your cue to come in and say your line.
1: Oh, <laughs> I knew that. I was <laughs> lost on the Pony Express page. Um, <clears throat> my line. <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> Cut. Okay.